guys welcome back to the music matters media podcast and if you are with us for the very first time hello and welcome to all i am super super excited for this episode because this is our first episode of 2022 we are back in action for 2022 and i could not be more excited for this episode me too man this is an episode that we've been waiting to get into for a long time feels like it's been forever and i can't wait to get through it with you and to discuss this with the rest of our listeners so if you tuned in to the last episode of 2021 you should know that i promised that coming into 2022 that we were going to do our top 10 favorite albums of 2020 and our top 10 favorite albums of 2021 So on today's episode, we are taking it back to officially two years ago, which is completely insane to even think that it's already been two years. But yeah, top 10 favorite albums of 2020. This is what we're going to dive into today on this episode, because as you know, 2020 lockdown, peak of the pandemic, we went on a hiatus and we never got to talk about our favorite albums that came out that year. And it wouldn't be right to just gloss over that year and move forward without giving these albums and giving these artists acknowledgement and justice that they deserve. You're absolutely right about that. And honestly, shout out to every single artist that is mentioned in our top 10 that is not mentioned in our top 10 because they truly kept us afloat throughout the just complete chaos that was 2020 you know with everything that was going on 100 percent. so before we get into our top 10 picks of 2020 eric as always let's get the negativity out of the way i am talking about our most disappointing album of that year do you want to go ahead and go first sure why not let's just rip the band-aid off all right okay so this is a band that's near and dear to the both of us but uh, unfortunately, they fell short of the mark for me in 2020. And my most disappointing album ended up being Neck Deep's All Distortions Are Intentional. Okay, I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna stop you right there. Not because I disagree, but because I actually agree. People are not gonna believe this, <laughs> but I too have this on my most disappointing for 2020. And wow, as, no yeah, way. And as always, you guys, I just want to also clarify, we do not corroborate 
our lists back and forth like we everything that we do here is live and we don't talk ahead of time and discuss what we picked we want the raw and authentic reaction from each other and then that dialogue to happen on air so in order for that to happen we don't disclose our choices until we come on here so you can hear how we react so eric's reaction to that was a hundred percent legit and uh, my reaction to hearing his is 100% legit and people aren't going to believe that because they're like come on there's no way that you guys can have the same most disappointing of all the albums that came out yeah you know this album came out two years ago at this point and I promise every single one of you we have not mentioned this album once in our personal discussions this is the first that we are talking about it so she's right our reactions are absolutely genuine you know, we uh, we very much guard our musical discussions and save them for the podcast. So everything you hear, you know, everything you have heard in the past three years and everything you hear from this point forward, none of it is scripted. It's all genuine. So as for why this fell short of the mark for me, you know, after hearing Life's Not Out to Get You and The Peace and The Panic, you know, I kind of was hoping that they would bring that a uh, pop punk aggression into this new album i kind of knew that they were shifting their sound a little bit you could hear it on the piece in the panic but i wasn't expecting this much of a change on this album and so when i heard the first couple of songs i thought okay it's not bad it's a little mellow but it's not bad as long as they have a few decent songs in there that are also pop punk i'm i'm good and I kept waiting for that moment to come throughout the album, and it never arrived. That's not to say that I think this album is bad, that I think that it's the worst thing they've ever done. Absolutely not. I think there's a lot of good songs on here, and I do have a few favorites that I will go back and listen to now and then. But ultimately, it just wasn't what I was expecting. It you know, wasn't the mix of the quiet and the heavy that I wanted it to be. So uh, what do you think? What do you make of all this? Yeah, Eric, I would really have to agree with you on everything that you just said. Honestly, this felt like a pretty middle of the road kind of album. I don't have a problem with Neck Deep experimenting because as you said, from Life's Not Out to Get You to The Peace and the Panic, there was a shift, uh, not a complete 180, but definitely a lot more experimentation on The Peace and the Panic. So I wasn't necessarily in regards to them shifting lanes and trying to experiment with different sounds and, you know, anything of that nature. That's not the issue that I had because going back to that album, there are still a lot of songs that I listen to off of that album. And yeah, it just feels very like they phoned it in on this album. I don't know. It, there, it does not pack the same punch and uh, it just didn't hold the same weight as their previous albums and it's kind of a forgettable album it there's nothing there maybe one or two songs that I can go back and listen to but as a whole it's kind of forgettable kind of underwhelming and not necessarily what you would think would come from neck deep yeah that's absolutely the the correct phrase you know like not necessarily what you think would come from neck deep I definitely think that's it yeah, it's, it's it's just not 
like an adrenaline pumping kind of album. And listen, like you said, I, th- I think we're both on the same page in terms of the experimentation. I don't think I would have minded all of that had there been a healthy mix of the experimental side of Neck Deep and the more straightforward pop punk side of them as well. I would have absolutely been on board with that, but that's just almost non-existent on this album. I say almost because there's a few moments on the album that you could argue are pop punk, I guess, depending on how you interpret it. But all in all, you know, this is definitely something that I think took the both of us by surprise in terms of uh, in terms of how different it was. Yeah, I think there's one or two songs that I'll continue to go back to, but as a whole, it's just really not there for me. And what we can hope moving forward is that Neck Deep takes what works from the past couple of years and they, you know, dump out what doesn't work so that maybe for the next album they can find that sweet spot in between the two. Because listen, when a band experiments and when they want to try new things, and start throwing things at the wall not everything is going to stick and not everything is going to land Um, and that's the whole part of experimentation and trying to figure out what works for them and what doesn't so I'm not necessarily mad at all about this album it's not like uh, I'm over here like how could they do this it's it's not really that kind of feeling it's just more so I hope that they take you know a lesson in terms of what ended up working out for them as a band and for Ben as a singer from this album and previous albums, and then kind of put aside the stuff that necessarily didn't go over the greatest. Absolutely agree. Well, now that we got our most disappointing for 2020 out of the way, let's dive into real quick our honorable mentions from that year that didn't make our top 10 list, but still deserve a shout out. All right, let's do this. All right, so my five honorable mentions in no particular order are Duke Garwood and Paul May, the Bliss of Myth, Kruangbin, Mordecai, Trivium, What the Dead Men Say, Nine Inch Nails, Ghosts, Five, Together, and King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, KG. Solid, solid. I like your honorable mentions. There are a couple that I'm not aware of, but at least three of the five are on my radar. So I think I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. And speaking of lists, I'd love to hear your honorable mentions for 2020. Okay, so my honorable mentions for 2020 are, in no particular order, While the World Was Burning from St. John, Pink Elephant by Stand Atlantic, Wake Up Sunshine by All Time Low, and Into the Raging Sea by Broadside. And yes, those are all, aside from the first one that I stated, pop punk albums. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's really cool to see that uh, all those bands that you mentioned still hold a place in your heart. They're definitely bands that you've mentioned to me a bunch of times in the past. So that's great to see that they made your honorable mentions, especially Broadside. Yeah, you know, they are bands that have been following their careers for quite some time. And uh, it was hard. It was hard to come down to a top 10 list. That's so awesome. And now for the main event. Our top 10 of Ooh, 2020. Ooh, I cannot wait. Here we go. Okay, let's start with number 10, Eric. What made your number 10? All right, coming in at number 10 is Blue Oyster Cult, The Symbol Remains. Awesome. Awesome choice. Yeah, man. Blue Oyster Cult, Long Island. Awesome. Represent. Uh, yeah. I'm so happy that these guys 
finally managed to come out with a new album. You know, a couple of friends of mine and I were all wanting an album so bad. And, you know, after a while, we just kind of not necessarily gave up, but just stopped really actively wishing for it because they were without a record label for so long. I'm not really sure if they're on a record label right now or if this was released independently, but regardless, it is now a reality and I'm happy to be talking about it. You know, this definitely had to make my top 10 because they're just such a favorite of mine. I've been a fan of theirs for years and this was an amazing comeback and just such an awesome way for anybody in this generation to, you know, really get to know them. So how about you? What's your number 10? So going into my number 10, we have a band called The Neighborhood with their album Chip Chrome and the Monotones. And for those who may be scratching their heads thinking that like, oh, have I heard of them before? Have I not? You definitely have. They came out with a breakout hit single called Sweater Weather years ago. I feel like everybody knows that song. It's extremely popular. And even if you think you don't know it, look it up, play it, and then it'll jog your memory. And you'll be like, oh yeah, I definitely know that one. It is from a band called The Neighborhood. And they came out with Chip Chrome and the Monotones back in 2020. And that album was fantastic. It really was. It took me by surprise because it wasn't something that I was expecting necessarily. A full project that I could really get into by them. But they did it. They pulled it off. And if I were to recommend some songs for you guys to check out, I recommend Pretty Boy, Lost in Translation, and Devil's Advocate. I think that this album is very well-rounded. A lot of experimentation here. I feel like there's something for everybody on this album. Go give it a try. That is awesome. What an awesome description. I'm sure that a lot of people are definitely going to have their interests piqued based on that alone. And that's awesome that that made your number 10 spot. Eric, what made your number 9 spot on the top 10? Coming in at number 9, Slasher Dave, Cannibal Death Gods 2. Whoa. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I know. The name is a little extreme, but as the saying goes, hear me out. So, Slasher Dave is somebody who is actually in a metal band called Acid Witch, but this particular project is actually a synth-based project. So, Mm, okay. For people like myself, who are into horror music, who are into horror soundtracks, and who just love being in that Halloween spirit all year round, this is your guy. He has released a lot of, you know, synth albums, sometimes singles, on his band camp and on Apple Music as well. It's usually always horror. Sometimes it sounds a little sci-fi. Other times it sounds a little like the Giallo-style films. I don't know if you're familiar with those, Lisa, but for anybody who doesn't know, Giallo films are Italian films. They're like kind of like mystery films with a lot of plot twists, but sometimes they have supernatural elements, horror elements, And so Slasher Dave, his music is mostly horror, but sometimes it leans towards different subgenres of a film. Ooh, I love stuff like that. Stuff that's uh, suspenseful, thrillers, things of that nature. Exactly, exactly. And what I love about it is that you don't need to watch a film to get the experience. You just put in your headphones or whatever, and you just let your own imagination 
<laughs> uh, do the scaring for you, you know? And so this album is the sequel to Cannibal Death Gods. And what I love about this album is that the first one, he said that it was meant to, you know, kind of give off that, uh, you know, very giallo type of film. And there's a film called Cannibal Holocaust. This album immediately makes me think of that. Just, you know, you know, primal people in, a, in the woods just, you know, lying in wait. But what I love about Cannibal Death Gods 2 is that it definitely ups the ante in terms of the tribal drum beats. That's definitely something that's heavy. And I love that the way that sounds mixed with synths, with guitars. And it's just so cool. It's like a mix of 80s sci-fi action films along with horror. It's so good. You know, this is definitely something that I really love listening to throughout 2020. Eric, you sold me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, if you're curious, go right ahead. Or I'll show you myself. Either way, I guarantee you'll find something in there that you're going to love. I'll take you up on that, man. All right. So what's your number nine? Okay. So my number nine is Halsey with Manic. Remember, Eric, we reviewed this one back in 2020. I remember. I remember. I actually, how did I not see this coming? Wow. <laughs> it was one of the That's last awesome. episodes that we reviewed right before everything went into lockdown and we went on hiatus. This was such a killer album. You and I both agreed back when we reviewed it. We were both very much impressed with this album. And I mean, Halsey just came through on this. She had her breakout, like a really big breakout, smashed records with the song Without Me. It was everywhere at one point in time. And uh, it was pretty incredible that she was able to achieve that because, you know, she's been in the industry, believe it or not, for quite some time. And on this album, I feel like she's finally getting the recognition that she deserves. And I could not be more happy for her. If you haven't checked this album out, I would recommend, of course, Without Me, but also Graveyard and 3AM. The whole album's great, but if you want to start there, those are good songs to start with. That's awesome. What an awesome pick. And, of course, because we have reviewed this album already, for anyone out there listening, if you'd like to hear our thoughts on that, please go check it out. Eric, this is why I love you, man. Eric with the plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Gotta we plug had... it. We had a lot of awesome things to say about that album. I certainly had a lot of awesome things to say. I thought the production and the songwriting was fantastic. So it's definitely no surprise why this made your top 10. Had to. It had to make my top 10. Okay, Eric, you're number eight. Coming in at number eight, Shaolin Caravan, Holy Vibrations. Ah, so okay. Shaolin Caravan is the side project of, and I've mentioned them before, actually, on my five honorable mentions, uh, Duke Garwood and Paul May. They teamed up again in 2020 to release another album. And this time, they definitely went all out, especially with the jazzy stuff on it. I mean, my God, it's just another atmospheric album that just really puts you in such a calm state. At the same time, though, it's so energetic because of everything the drums are doing, everything the saxophones are doing. Granted, it's not, you know, energetic in the sense that it's like an all-out freakout, but you can definitely tell that they made this album with a lot of love, with a lot of, you know, intent. And that definitely comes across in every note that they played. So it definitely tries to put a lot of 
different sounds into one cohesive piece of art and it's just so amazing i'm glad they released this that sounds incredible eric honestly yeah man duke garwood never disappoints he's definitely been on my year end of lists and my god i'm just glad that this is another album in my top 10 by him all right so how about you what is your number eight coming in at number eight we have neon trees with their album i can feel you forgetting me Mm, I've heard of I've heard of these guys. Yeah, this is another one, just like the neighborhood where Neon Trees made a big splash years ago, and uh, they've been pumping out hits since like I think 2010. I want to say around that era of their career, but they made their big comeback. This is the first album that they've come out with in years. They took a huge break. Their last album came out, I believe, in 2014, and it's called Pop Psychology, and now. They're back in 2020. They came back with I Can Feel You Forgetting Me. And I just love this band. I love them since I heard them all the way back in uh, 2010, which is crazy that that's over a decade ago (laughs) at this point. But um, yeah, really solid album. Unfortunately, it didn't get the mainstream play as their previous albums have. Uh, There was no really hit singles that made it to radio and i can understand why that might be discouraging but i think this album is a sleeper i think that they're just it's the timing of it coming out in 2020 in combination with i guess maybe not necessarily the best album rollout and pr for it could lead you to believe that this is one to skip but i'm here to tell you that this is one to stay And for everybody to go check it out and give it a chance, some songs from here that I really vibed with were Used to Like, Everything is Killing Me, and Holy Ghost. Those are my three recommendations. Definitely check those out. And if those interest you, check out the whole thing. That's so awesome. And it's worth mentioning that sometimes some of the stuff that goes under the radar turns out to be some of the most respected stuff yeah yeah i just feel like this was a real sleeper you know they made their big comeback not to say that their fans didn't appreciate it of course they did everybody's been waiting for them to come out with an album since 2014 but i just think the public at large is not appreciating the album like they should so i'm here to say that's why they made my number eight please go check it out Awesome. Sounds like an awesome recommendation. All right, Eric, heading into number seven. What was your number seven pick? So number seven is another one that I had mentioned in my honorable mentions. Nine Inch Nails, Ghosts 6. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Like I said, this was a, this is a two-part thing that came out in 2020. Nine Inch Nails released two albums as a surprise to their fans, kind of as a way to get them through everything that was going on. Uh, They released Ghosts 5 together and Ghost 6 Locust. Trent Reznor's style is uh, much more, I guess, electronic, a little bit more experimental. Him and Atticus Ross really just go all out on this album. You know, they really know how to amplify the anxiety (laughs) with with every note on here. It's just so fantastic. I mean, it really does keep you on the edge of your seat. That's that's how good this is. I personally really appreciate Nine Inch Nails and their body of work. They are a band that has been consistent through and through, I feel. Yeah, and now they are Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, so I am Congratulations. Super happy for them. Yes, yes. All right. So, how about you? What 
turned out to be your number seven. So it's funny that you mentioned for your number seven that they came out with a two-parter, you know, one album and then later on another album within the same year because my number seven happens to also be (laughs) a double feature. You have Taylor Swift. She came out with Folklore in August of 2020. And then right before the year ended, she came out with Evermore also in 2020, December of 2020. I think what I enjoy most about both Folklore and Evermore and why I group them into one for my number seven is because both albums are in the same vein stylistically and it really sounds like a continuous story from front to back with each of these albums. So I love the concept. It's just a more mature version of Taylor Swift. Say whatever you want about Taylor Swift. You can love her, you can hate her, but one thing that you can't deny is her work ethic. During lockdown, she came out with two albums, not one, but two. She came out with Folklore in August of 2020 and Evermore in December of 2020. And then going into 2021, she did her re-recording Taylor's version of Fearless and then most recently she did her re-recording Taylor's version of the album Red. So she has really been on a roll. You cannot deny her work ethic and how productive she's been and both of these albums are a really nice addition to Taylor Swift's journey and I think both albums speak volumes so please give those albums a chance if you need a place to start my suggestions from both include my tears ricochet invisible string and nobody no crime go check those out if you dig any of those then feel free to dive in i knew taylor swift had to be a part of your top 10 i knew it (laughs) that's awesome All right, Eric, so what made your number six? All right, getting into more intense territory. My number six goes to R.A. the Rugged Man, All My Heroes Are Dead. So for those of you that don't know, or, and of course, for the, you know, real underground hip hop heads out there, R.A. the Rugged Man is definitely i don't want to call him an acquired taste but he's definitely polarizing within the hip hop community he has you know a long history of you know i guess controversy he's been through a lot of ups and downs in his life he's never been secretive about that he always puts that out there on his albums but this dude's just skill at rhyming is just undeniable I mean, his breath control, his flows, his lyrics. This guy is just such a force to be reckoned with. And he proves that once again on this new album. It's not for everybody, like I said. You know, a full disclosure, he definitely says some things that might not be to everybody's liking. (laughs) But if you can put that aside, you know, and just enter into it objectively, and if you read up on his history a little bit, then uh, hopefully this is for you. And if you are a huge hip-hop head, then even more so. Well, I hope people go into it with an open mind and give it a chance. Definitely. At the very least, I know that it'll definitely, you know, strike with the, with the huge hip-hop heads out there. All right. So how about you? What came in at your number six? You know, as we're getting 
toward the top five, all of these albums were extremely hard to narrow down and to order. And when we do these top 10 lists, we really want you to check out every album, regardless of the number, you know, how they rank. That's not necessarily the most important aspect of why we do episodes like this. It's just more so to give these albums their shine, to bring awareness to these albums, and to let people know that these are really worth checking out in our opinion of course but with that being said this was tough i wasn't sure where this album was gonna land but i knew for a fact that it was gonna make my top 10 and it is paris with the album use me nice i'm, I'm glad this one made your uh, made your top 10 I, I was wondering if you'd listen to it yes this album was fantastic front to back so just as a little background paris's debut album i completely fell in love with so beyond sold on this band and their capabilities as musicians, uh, especially the lead singer, Lynn Gunn. What a voice. I mean, I tried to introduce this band to as many people as I possibly could the second that I was introduced to this band and uh, fell in love with them. And unfortunately, they kind of, for me, they kind of fell into that sophomore slump. Their second record didn't really hold up as well as their first. And they took some time in between those, and then they took some time again between their sophomore record and this one. But man, was it worth it this time around. Use Me is such a killer record. They bring back a lot of the elements that, for me, were lacking in their sophomore album that were on the forefront of their debut. And I think that everything on this record is super creative, has a purpose, and... Lynn and the rest of the band are really on top of their game here. So for me, I knew this was making my list. I wasn't sure where it was going to land, but I knew it was making my list. And this is one that I can say that I've been listening to repeatedly since 2020, since it dropped. So I'm happy that the band has seemed to really find their footing and, um, you know, the style that works for them. I'm excited to see what they do moving forward. I would say to check out Stay Gold, Wish You Well, and Hallucinations. But really, once again, I know I've been saying this, but give this album a listen front to back. It is such an experience. There, There's not a bad song on this album. It's just a, a point of preference of what you prefer sonically, but there's so much experimentation here, but also so much of why we fell in love with Paris to begin with is on here. Lynn's vocals are on the forefront. Go check it out. That's so awesome. I still remember when you introduced me to Paris years ago, you know, <laughs> we'd, take, uh, we'd take car drives, just going nowhere in particular, just listening to that album. And I remember it being such an awesome debut. So I'm really happy to hear that on this third album, they are back and they are better than ever. Eric, you have to check this one out. I'm telling you. All right. And I definitely will. Okay, here we go. We're heading into top five territory. Eric. What made your number five? Coming in at number five, Run the Jewels, RTJ4. Sick, sick. So far, Run the Jewels have not disappointed. Every album they have made is fantastic. Not a single bad song on any of them. But this one was definitely very special. You know, they released it for free initially, which was so freaking cool. I love that. Yeah, and they released it at a time when just so much was going on. You know, uh, in society, throughout the world, it's 
it was it was a heavy time when this album came out and that's definitely reflected in the lyrics in the production lp you know not only is he an amazing mc but he is just a fantastic producer every single song on here is just perfectly crafted it just demands immediate attention you know precisely because of the timing that it's released at you know it's one of those albums that really talks about social change and it's it's a very important album that's that's just the best way i can put it eric you know i knew this one was going to land in your top 10 i didn't know where but i knew once it came out i'm like oh yeah this has eric written all over it <laughs> i'm actually i'm actually very shocked that you would think that and the only reason i say that is because you know like anything here you know i promise this isn't scripted we have never talked about run the jewels before like never no and so and so the fact that she knew this album was going to be in my top 10 i mean come on just the timeliness of it you know the world that we're living in and you know the lyrical content and the message behind it i knew that those would be things that resonated with both you and i quite frankly Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a feeling. I had a feeling that this would make the cut. Plus, also, you look at the features and you're like, oh, of course. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Zach, Zach and Josh Homme, Eric's definitely going to listen. <laughs> All right, so how about you? What came into your number five this year? Okay, heading into top five territory. My number five pick for my top ten is May He Rest in Peace, Juice World with Legends Never Die, the posthumous album from Juice World. Man, this is not a record that was phoned in. One thing I can't stand is when an artist dies and then people take scraps of their work and try to put it together and release albums like this that... They're just a cash grab. Right. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, that are just a cash grab. Things that sound completely unfinished and things that you know necessarily artists might have not wanted to release. They were just ideas or rough drafts that weren't fully formed yet and people on their team release it anyway. However, with Legends Never Die, that is simply not the case. This album was great. This was a solid project in his name and for his legacy because it really showed how versatile he was as an artist. It really showed how forward-thinking he was as an artist. I just love the different elements of this album. It's way more than just a hip-hop album, a rap album. It has different elements of EDM, it has different elements of pop, it has different elements of pop punk, rock side of things, and it's just really a great solid piece of work to, you know, to add to his legacy. Songs from here that I would suggest are Come and Go, Hate the Other Side, and I Want It. Those are just a couple to check out, but it's it's so sad. It's so sad to think about his passing. It's sad that he was taken from us so early. But at least we have projects like this that we can always go back and listen to. And normally when albums like this are released, I kind of shake my head (laughs) towards them. But I'm glad that I gave this one a chance because this is not a cash grab at all. 
this is a really fantastic piece of work that deserves to be heard. And uh, I think that he would have been really proud of this. So, Legends Never Die, please go check it out. Juice World, may he rest in peace. Amen to that. All right. So, coming in at number four, and I don't think you're going to find this surprising one bit. <laughs> okay. Nas, King's Disease. Yep, yep. <laughs> I'm definitely not surprised. Wow. What an album. I mean, wow. Like, this is just such a labor of love from everybody who was involved. Let me just say, Chef's Kiss for the production, which is done by Hitboy. Hitboy is just all over the place with his production. He is just fantastic. He really knows how to give every single song its own identity. Nas, of course, a master at this point. I mean, he is just, you know, undisputed, one of the best of all time. And I love that, you know, he manages to really bring a little bit of nostalgia into this album while still moving forward. I know that some people, unfortunately, still love to compare everything he does to Illmatic. But, you know, I think it's fair to say that he is way more than just his debut album. He has done so much. (laughs) (laughs) He has done so much. He has mastered many styles, talked about so many different subjects. And this album, thankfully, is just another testament to his craft and his skill. So I'm really happy to see that, you know, Mr. Escobar, as he's called, still has it. Come on, man. He's Nas. He's one of the greats. Hell yeah, man. I mean, wow. I, I, I'm literally speechless. I don't know what else to say about this album. It's just so fantastic. Absolute 10 out of 10. So how about you? What's your number four? Coming in at number four, we have technically not an album, but it had to make this list. It's just that good. Bring Me the Horizons Post-Human Survival horror technically it's an ep wow okay i haven't heard that name in a while that's awesome first of all let me say their style has evolved tremendously throughout the years from where they started to where they are now um they've experimented a ton they've shifted gears and initially the type of music that they were coming out with i respected them their place in the scene and i respected them as a band and and the kind of music that they were coming out with it just wasn't necessarily my cup of tea if you will <laughs> but over the years they've made this shift where i just am loving it uh, i love every second of it i love that they found this like crossbreed of new metal and electronic elements ripping riffs on here and Ollie Sykes is on top of his game on this EP throughout. It's just, it's something that you really, really have to fully immerse yourself into because to me, up until this point, for what it's worth, I guess, this is my favorite project from them. Songs that I would suggest off of it, Teardrops, One by One, but I mean, check out this EP. It's an easy listen and uh, it just goes hard from front to back. I don't think that they lost their sound. I think their sound just shifted and it evolved into what it is now. And I love that they are taking elements from their old sound and incorporating this new direction, this new drive 
I'm really invested in it. I'm really into it. Post-human survival horror, it kind of gives me Linkin Park vibes, if I could compare it to anything. I mean, the legendary Linkin Park, nobody can ever replace Chester Bennington. May he rest in peace. He was one of a kind. And there will never be another voice in rock music, new metal of his kind, ever. Nothing could ever compare. However, just stylistically, this EP has a very Linkin Park kind of sound to it. But like I also said, it just incorporates so many different elements of their old mixed with new experimentation that it's really solid definitely worth checking out that's awesome i haven't heard that name in so long i know like i like i remember going to high school and they were just everywhere they were so popular back then yeah when you think of bring bring me the horizon you think of the warp tour scene and uh yeah like i said i like the fusion that they're going for i like that this is a really good example of a band that just continues to evolve continues to grow continues to experiment without completely abandoning everything that they've done up until this point while still trying to reach new heights so i respected them then just as a band that really was at the top of their game in that scene in the warp tour scene and in the metalcore genre but now Ollie Sykes and the rest of the band have kicked doors down that are way beyond that even. So good for them. Good on them. And uh, yeah, post-human survival horror. I've been listening to this on repeat ever since it came out. And uh, who would have thought? Awesome pick. Awesome pick. All right, Eric. We have finally made it to our top three. Can't believe it. We've been flying through this list. And now here we are. I need to know. What made your number three for your top 10 of 2020? All right. So coming in at number three, and I'm sure this is also not going to be any surprise to you. Ohm, Fantasize Your Ghost. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. You know, I have loved these, these girls and this drummer ever since we saw them live opening up for Twin Peaks. That was an amazing night. They put on such a spectacular show. I even got to meet one of the band members, Macy Stewart. You already know how uh, how how in awe I was when I was talking to her. <laughs> she was so incredibly friendly and nice and welcoming, and they put on one hell of a show. Yeah, they were just so fantastic, and you know they definitely made a fan out of me that night. And so when I found out they were releasing a new album in 2020, I immediately had to invest in that. And what I love about them about Sima Cunningham and Macy Stewart is that they take a very unorthodox approach to the guitar. You know, they don't follow any rules. They don't follow any norms. They are of the mindset that the guitar, you know, is an instrument to make music with by any means necessary. And they, you know, they use that to full effect. You know, they definitely have their own style, their own unique methods. And that definitely comes across on this album. You know, they are able to just make some crazy noises with their guitars, but at the same time, they do it without losing the song, if that makes sense. And what I love that they did in 2020 was that as a way to promote the album and, you know, because everything was on lockdown, uh, they recorded this concert film and put it on YouTube for free. It's called Ohm Presents Fantasize Your Ghost. Hands down, one of the 
coolest concert films ever made, in my opinion. So well done, beautifully shot. And it, it was just so fantastic. It was flawless. You know, they played almost the entire album, a couple of new songs. And yeah, th this had to go on my list of top 10 for 2020. It was just such a perfect album from start to finish. I have to go check out that show myself now because that really just, everything you just said piqued my interest. We're getting into the real heavy territory. What is your number three? I know, top three territory, so you know we're not playing around at this point. These are the best of the best. Our top three coming in for number three for me is Dua Lipa with Future Nostalgia. Nice, nice. How could I, how could I forget? I knew Dua Lipa <laughs> was going to make your top ten. I just didn't know where. Yeah, I mean, first of all, if you haven't heard at least some songs off of this album, you're lying. because, Or you must be living under a rock. Because since she released this album back in 2020, she has put out hit single after hit single. And uh, it's been truly incredible for her to really find her footing in the music industry. When she released her debut record back in 2017, I think it is at this, uh, it was at this point, she, you can see the potential, you know, you can see where she was trying to go some of the creativity there leading up into this point now but I think she has just really found herself on this record it is pop perfection a lot of strong heavy 80s and 90s influences here love the sound that she went for love that it also had really great messages of female empowerment and independence as well throughout sprinkled throughout and she presented everything in a way where yes some of the topics could be heavy but at the same time you're having fun listening to the sound of it sonically it's a giant dance party so it's i love when music has that duality to it where it's fun and it's energetic and all you want to do is just play it on full volume blast it dance to it, have fun with it, but it can also simultaneously make you think when you do come down from that high and you take a minute to, to really take in the lyrics and take in the messages by, behind some of these songs, you're like, oh, wow, you know, this is a lot uh, heavier than I thought it was. And I just, I love when uh, albums do that. I remember you and I, Eric, spoke very similarly about After Laughter by Paramore when it came out. You read my mind. You read my mind. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I get a very similar vibe with uh with this record and Dua Lipa is here to stay let me tell you she really cemented her place in the industry with this record I remember when this record first came out I was like oh yeah this is without a doubt going to be in my top albums of the year uh instantaneously like upon first listen I've listened to this album religiously since then which I'm happy to say because sometimes when you listen to something while it comes out, you know, around the time that it comes out and you're so hyped on it and then it kind of loses that shine, loses that fade over time and then you return to it and you maybe weren't as excited as you were upon first listen. To me, this has the opposite effect where every time I go back to, to it and listen to it, it's like I'm listening to it for the first time all over again. So love everything that she represents and where she's headed in the music industry. Pop perfection from beginning to end. This is an instant classic. Future nostalgia. 
Dua Lipa. That's why I had to make my number three. And for those who are listening to this right now and maybe they just heard a song or two on the radio and they want to really dive in but they don't know where to start, definitely check out, listen, the songs that have been on the radio, Don't Start Now, Levitating, Physical, Love Again, Cool, uh, the list goes on and on. The project is so good that you really can't find a bad song off of that album. There are definitely some songs that I enjoy more than others, but to me, there's not a bad song on that record. So it says a lot. That it does. I'm so glad that that made your number three spot. And also, real quick before we go into our number two, I just want to give a shout out to her for the deluxe edition as well. Usually the deluxe edition just has like the scraps, the leftovers, the B-sides, stuff that people don't really pay much attention to it, but, you know, they throw in as an add-on later. And uh, the deluxe edition goes even harder than the original. So you figure that out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So please, please, if you take anything from this episode, go check out the original edition. Go check out the deluxe. I'm sure somewhere between the two, you will fall in love. That's so awesome. I'm definitely going to have to check that out myself. All right, Eric, we have finally reached this point. Our top two of 2020. I have no idea what took your number two spot. Really excited to find out. Let the people know. All right. So to use the word you just used religiously, these next two albums, uh, my number two and my number one, are two albums that I also have been listening to religiously in 2020. And so taking things in the opposite direction, musically, coming in at number two, Hellripper, The Affair of the Poisons. Ooh, okay, okay. And the reason I say this is this goes in the complete opposite direction of Dua Lipa is because it is an extreme metal fan's dream. I mean, this album is just bonkers in terms of, you know, blackened thrash metal. And it's only 29 minutes long, which nowadays people look at and they're like oh cool no big deal but you know the the whole 30 minutes or less format you know you have to attribute that to slayer they did that first back in the 80s and it looks like these guys definitely took that and ran with it this album is just absolutely insane from beginning to end you know full of just disturbing lyrical imagery very gruesome lyrical imagery at that. Incredibly fast riffs, breakneck guitar solos, uh, demonic growling. <laughs> it is just such an amazing thrash metal album. It also definitely is very nostalgic in the sense that it, you know, brings to mind the classic thrash metal bands of the '80s, and sometimes even the classic new wave of British heavy metal bands from the '80s. So you'll you'll hear touches of Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth all those classic bands in there, but it's also got a, it's, he's also puts a fresh spin on the songwriting as well. Eric, that sounds like every heavy metal fan's dream. Yes. And because that's how it is, I suggest that any heavy metal fans listening to this right now, definitely go check it out. These guys are from the UK, fantastic group, fantastic songwriter to the dude who's behind it all. If anyone's ever heard of Toxic Holocaust, these guys are a little similar, but, you know, also different. So definitely check this out. You will not regret it. And the 29 minutes long, it is an easy listen. All right. So how about you? 
what came in at your number two spot? At my number two spot, we have The Weeknd with After Hours. Nice. Very nice. I've definitely been waiting to hear what your thoughts on this are because, oh man, like when I, as soon as I saw that The Weeknd was coming out with another album, I immediately thought of you and, you know, just my mind started, you know, wondering like what you would think about this or what your expectations were for it well as you know eric we discussed my dear melancholy the ep on this podcast if you missed that episode go check it out on there we went through all the songs we did a track by track and we gave our thoughts and we also briefly touched upon his previous work up until that point if somebody were to ask me back in 2018 how I ranked The weekend's records. You know, it's it does constantly change throughout time, but the one thing that always remained was that the trilogy as a whole took my number one spot. Um, any diehard weekend fan that has been there since the beginning and has really followed his music and took a deep dive into his catalog, they all respect the trilogy. That is held to the highest regard in his discography. However, you know, as he started evolving later on with Kissland, Beauty Behind the Madness, Starboy, you can see the evolution, you can see the growth, you can kind of see the direction, especially from Starboy to After Hours, you can see the direction of where he was headed. And I really have to say, I don't know, you might be surprised by this, but in my personal opinion, I think After Hours is the best project The Weeknd has ever released from beginning to end and without a doubt is my favorite album by the weekend thus far that's so awesome and i feel like just with the previous album by dua lipa i feel like this is one of those albums where because it's everywhere you're bound to have heard at least one or two songs on the radio at this point you know right exactly because ever since he released it back in 2020 to your point eric some of the singles off of there, of course, you have Blinding Lights, which has been the chart topper for years at this point since its release. Uh, you also have Save Your Tears, which was also from After Hours. But when you take the time to really dive into this thing, there's a lot of deeper cuts on there that really stand out from the opening track of Alone Again to songs like Faith and Scared to Live. These are some really great tracks that maybe aren't as well known to the mainstream audience, but people should really take the time if you haven't. If you've only touched upon this album surface level through the radio, uh, because as you said, between Dua Lipa and The Weeknd, with both of those albums released in 2020, they, the singles off of those records were inescapable. Like, it was only a matter of time <laughs> before you would have to end up listening to one or the other or both because they were everywhere and they continue to be everywhere. But I think that really goes to show the quality of both of these records holding up over time and how even though they were both were released back in 2020 that these songs are still being played and uh, still continue to break records. And it's just pretty incredible to see that happening. But this is very well deserved for the weekend because... Let me tell you, the trilogy was very hard to to top out the gate. And some people will still disagree with me and say, no, that's the best weekend of all time. There's nothing that can ever top that or replace that. But I just, I don't know. For me personally, After Hours from beginning to end, it's just such a, it's more than just listening to an album. To me, it felt like a full-blown experience. 
And there were a lot of 80s influences from Starboy that started happening with his collaborations with Daft Punk that really inspired him to go more, you know, lean more into that going into After Hours. And uh, After Hours has a little bit of everything. It has a lot of highs, a lot of lows. I love the concept of the album itself that he coincided with the music videos visually. And he really stuck to that character, whether that be at, um, you know, performances that he did, award shows or uh, the Super Bowl. So, yeah, it was just I love that era. I'm going to miss it going into the new era, but I love that period of time. And to be honest with you, I thought that this was going to be my overall album of the year for 2020. It was very close to being it and something just ended up creeping up on me later on during that year and it completely stole my heart but we'll get to that we will get to that what's more important right now this moment is your number one Eric I have no idea what it possibly could be there are a million possibilities laid on me when you hear it you'll say yeah that figures Taking my number one spot for 2020, Post Animal, Forward Motion Goddessy. I didn't even know that they released something, but if I had known, you're right. I would have guessed that for sure. Wow. Yeah, this album means so much to me for so many reasons. Um, you know, this was, it wasn't the first piece of new music that I listened to in 2020, but it was definitely possibly the first piece of new music from one of my favorite artists that I was really, really excited to listen to. And, you know, I'll never forget getting the notification to my email that they were coming out with a new album and I was super excited for it. I couldn't wait. I even bought tickets to their, to their show, but then the pandemic hit, the lockdown took place and well, that unfortunately never came to pass. And so all I had left was just this album that i became super obsessed with i mean you know this is the first album without their previous bandmate joe Keery, who a lot of you know from stranger things um you know he decided to stop being with the band so that you know he could focus more on his acting and also he didn't want the band to only be known because he was in it so it was kind of a benefit to all parties involved so he decided to step away from them but let me just say you know i may have gotten into this band because of him because that's he's how i found out about them but he is not the sole reason that i listened to this band and you know on this album even though you can kind of hear uh you can kind of feel his absence they are definitely no slouches there is so much talent to spare in this band. The songwriting is incredible on this album. This album is so much heavier than the last album called When I Think of You in a Castle. And they also experiment a little bit more on this album, which is really awesome. You know, a, a lot of the band members take more liberties in terms of singing vocals. It's not just, you know, it's not it's not just like on the last album, it's not just Kiri or uh, Dalton Allison, who is also the bass player, trading vocal duties now. You have the bass player, the keyboard player, the other guitar players, they all take turns singing on the different songs throughout the album, and every single one of them brings their own take, their own identity. It's, it's fantastic. 
Eric, I should have known. I yeah. should have known because I remember you were supposed to go to that show right before lockdown. Yes, like literally the weekend that that show was supposed to happen is when, you know, or the weekend before that show was supposed to happen was when everything just started shutting down and then the band themselves had to come out with a statement saying they were gutted that they had to cancel their tour. Right, but right. the cool thing is, recently, uh, this year, in 2021, they kind of made up for, for that by doing a live stream of this album. And not only did they do the live stream, but they recorded the whole thing and they're releasing it on vinyl and other formats nice that's great to hear and oh my god just seeing these songs played live you know getting to see who sings what song who plays what uh instruments on this album it was just so amazing it definitely made up for not being able to see them in 2020 and it's just a snapshot into you know what the live possibilities of playing these songs from this album could have been like and what they're going to be like when hopefully they go back on tour i'm happy so, they did that for their yeah. fans to hold them over oh yeah it was so amazing totally worth it and yeah for for all those reasons this is why this takes my number one spot it's number an album that I, one yeah it's it's an album that i've just been listening to religiously like as in just as with the, the number two on my top 10 Oh my god, it's just such a fantastic album. Such an experience. All right, so here it is. The final piece. The final piece. What made your number one album of 2020? And I'm even more curious now, because if it wasn't After Hours, what could it be? Eric, I am so glad that you asked, because this is a record that completely came out of nowhere and stole my heart completely. I am talking about Women in Music Part 3 by Haim. Wow, that's that's fantastic. That's amazing. So how they first came on my radar was years ago, back when Taylor Swift went on tour. It was the first time I saw her perform for her record 1989. So she went to go tour in support of 1989 and... Hayam was one of the openers for that tour. It's so crazy looking back at that tour now because everybody was still up and coming. One of the reasons why I love Taylor Swift is she's really generous in terms of putting people on and giving them that exposure. And uh, she also had Shawn Mendes, fun fact, and he was such a baby back then. (laughs) He was just, uh, you know, making his big debut back then. An opener for that same show as well. So that was really cool to look back at that and then come to see these people now, Shawn Mendes, and to see Haim, how far they've come since then, is uh, pretty incredible in terms of their careers. But that was when they were first brought to my attention and uh, I was into it. I was into their live performance. I thought they did a great job. I didn't go too deep into their catalog after that. I knew their song, The Wire, which was their breakout single from their 2013 debut. Past that, I really didn't dive further into their catalog. And I totally regret that now because <laughs> let me tell you, they have become one of my favorite bands. Women in Music Part 3 not only has made my number one on this top 10 of 2020, but this is going to be an album that makes my top albums list of all time. This is one of my favorite albums of all time, if you can believe that. 
Wow, that is so good. That's so awesome to hear. Yeah, and if anybody wants to take anything from this list, if they don't listen to any of our picks, you know, at least I really hope that they give our number one, <laughs> our number one slots a chance and uh, really dive into these albums that we're suggesting for our number one because, oh my goodness, Women in Music Part 3 what could you not love about this record? First of all, this record was nominated as a whole record of the year for a Grammy. And then it was nominated for best rock song, I believe, for their breakout single, The Steps, off of this record. And that song is one of my favorite songs ever. Such a good song. The Steps, Gasoline, Up From A Dream. There are so many amazing tracks from beginning to end for those who don't know about this band they are a group of sisters so you have esty danielle and alana and they are multi-faceted musicians they can sing each of them can play multiple instruments guitars and keys and drums and uh singing uh, abilities danielle tends to be the lead singer but they switch off with a lot of things. They are so incredibly talented. I mean, this is a band that deserves the utmost recognition. I just love everything about this record. It's such an incredible record. It would just, it would not give them justice to just blow this record off as like a pop rock record because they really experiment. Each song dives into a fusion of different genres and different styles and they really just went above and beyond anybody's expectations. They had such a strong debut when they came out on the scene back in 2013. With their sophomore record, it didn't get as much love as their debut and then they took some time to go back into the studio and to reorganize and rearrange and figure where they were going to go from there. And let me tell you, this is going to be hard to follow up this record I mean, I cannot wait to see, no matter what, I'm going to be here for the ride and here for the journey for whatever is to come from this band. Uh, they just announced that they're going on tour to finally support this record this year, performing at MSG, full-blown arenas and stadiums for this tour. Wow, completely well-deserved. I would love to go see them live. I th believe they're playing MSG sometime in April. So between now and then, depending how things go, obviously with everything going on with the pandemic, but if I have a chance and the opportunity is there, I'm taking it. <laughs> I'm going to take it because this is one of my favorite albums, as I said before, not only of the year to make my number one, but of all time. I play this album and I play songs from this album at least once a day. And uh, because of this record, it really made me go back and dive into their previous work where I was able to listen to their debut album in full, listen to their sophomore album, listen to, you know, cover songs that they've done. Uh, I love that they're a group of sisters that are extremely close. I love how talented they are. I love how they share creatively, you know, the duties and responsibilities of being in a band. And I just love the female empowerment aspect of it and how badass they are. And I also love the family dynamic and how close they are. And uh, they really can do it all. They really can do it all. They're like superheroes in the music industry. Wow. Women in Music Part 3, one hell of a record. Seriously, people really need to go check this record out. And I swear by it up and down. And uh, yeah, that's why it had to, without a doubt, 
make my number one. You know, I thought maybe possibly Dua Lipa, probably the weekend. And then this record was released after being pushed back too because of everything going on with the pandemic. It was supposed to be released earlier in the year and then they pushed it back, but they had those singles out. Here we are. Heim, Women in Music Part 3. Not only my number one spot, but one of my favorite records of all time. And I do not say that lightly because, Eric, you know how hard it is to make that list. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know how much music I listen to. Yeah, of course. And what I love about both of our number one picks is that I feel like they satisfy, they have music for all moods. You know, it certainly seems like, it certainly seems like, you know, Haim's album certainly has that. And the album I pick for my number one for Motion Goddesses certainly has that as well. It's got heavy moments. It's got lighter moments. It has 80s pop influence. It's got heavy metal influences. It's got a little bit of everything. So I love that the both of us, you know, in the end for our number one picked something that, you know, satisfies all moods, all needs. Both albums certainly seem to showcase you know, uh, both bands' abilities as songwriters and how far they've come, you know? Yeah, incredibly talented. And if you decide to go see them live, you're in for a treat because I have heard that, and I've seen it myself on TV, at least, that live, they just become a completely different band. Yeah, I've heard that live, and as I said, I saw them open for Taylor Swift, but that was years ago, and they weren't even on my radar then, so I, I didn't know that much about them. I, I was I remember I was impressed with what I saw back then, but from then until now, you can imagine the growth and the evolution of the band. And also, I've heard that they tend to take a lot of renditions from the you know their studio work and completely transform these songs live which from show to show you never know what you're truly going to get you have to be there live to witness it for yourself where they'll just go off and do you know start ripping solos adding things just on the fly which i love that about uh that's a true performer to be able to do something like that i love bands that do that who you know present themselves one way in the studio and then live they just you know take that to 11 you know extremely stoked on these albums we thought that these albums deserve to be listened to and to have their time to shine even if it's two years later of us getting around to dropping this episode so glad that you guys ended up sticking around hopefully to the very end to hear our number one spots and now we're going to swing it over to you we want to know what were your top 10 albums of 2020 and most importantly, what made your number one? So much good music came out that year, and it really helped throughout such trying times, you know, for everybody all across the world to have something to hold on to and to give people light, give people hope, whether that be to distract you, to uplift you, to inspire you. Music is what kept people afloat, kept people going. And yeah, 2020, it really showed people's creativity musicians got to it they they went into the lockdown and some of them came up with their best work yet in my opinion yeah seriously like it really is just amazing you know the output of music that there was in 2020 the amount of just talent that there was you know both old and new and quite honestly had it not been for all of these albums regardless of whether they made it to our top tens or not um 
these last couple of years would have been that much more difficult to to try to get through amen to that eric amen to that all right you guys so let us know what your top 10 albums are of 2020 especially at least the top three and most of all number one we cannot wait to hear from you guys make sure you head over to www.musicmattersmedia.com and let us know over there and don't forget to follow us on social media we are on twitter tumblr instagram and facebook at music matters media and stay tuned for our top 10 albums of 2021 we'll see you then